living the word church, family and friends, I want to welcome you to the second part of our series as we have been discussing what it means for living the word church and what we do to be laser focused on a major impact for the kingdom of God. I want to share with you, I'm standing outside and it is cold. The sun is shining, but let me tell you something. It is cold, which leads me to the second component of our series and our vision statement, which is restarting your fire. We believe that Living the Word Church is called to help people find healing, restart their fire and make a difference. We're going to be jumping into restarting your fire because I want to share with you just as it is cold outside. There are some of us where we can say that our relationship with God has grown cold. Like we don't intend for it to be that way, but life has somehow sabotaged, hijacked our fire. Our enthusiasm is low. Our disconnection is obvious. And well, for the lack of a better word, we are melancholy when it comes to our walk with God. You didn't intend to be here, but the saboteurs of betrayal, of familial disconnection, of even some unexpected realities have hit you in the past weeks and months, and maybe this has gone on for a while. I want to share with you that there is a way to restart your fire. I want to pull to you, and I want to pull this context of scripture out of uh, Leviticus, the sixth chapter, and I want to hone in on verse number 12. It says about the burnt offering as they were getting ready to build a temple for the Lord and God gave them instructions. He says something about this one offering that indicated no matter how far man was, they can still get close to God. And he says of the burnt offering these words. He says the fire of the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. He will then burn the fat of the peace offerings on it. Here's the deal. The burnt offering was an indicator to the camp that no matter how grievous their sins and how hideous their wickedness, that as long as they turn their face toward God, he would receive them. The word burnt offering in Hebrew means an offering that is an aroma that God can literally inhale it and it be a sweet sacrifice before God. Let me tell you all something. It says that that fire should never go out. Well, the Old Testament temple is a type and shadow of the New Testament believer that God is saying, no matter what you're going through, your fire should never go out. But let's be honest, there are some things that have happened, some people that have left you. There are some situations that were beyond your control and the fire has gone out. What do you do when you feel like the Holy Spirit is not moving in your life like it has before? When your communion with the Spirit of God has been lackadaisical at best? Well, let me share with you all. It comes down to this one word that I want to share with you, and it's the word sacrifice. You see, in order to get your fire lit again, the question I have for you is, what are you willing to sacrifice? The word sacrifice defined means what are you willing to surrender or what are you willing to give up in order to get? You see, God is asking us this pivotal question. What are you willing to give up? Your convenience, your certainty. What are you willing to give up? The time, the idol of social media. What is it that is clogging the communication line between you and God, between fellowship and being on fire again? I would, share, I would share these words with you. I, I believe that this series is going to reach you and piss your heart for the benefit of your future. I believe that what it says in Leviticus 6 is what God is saying to us. Don't let 
your fire go out. Don't let the hidden realities, the potholes of life, snuff out your enthusiasm and even your connection to God. With everything going on, going on around us, it is so easy to let our fire go out. Can I share something with you? You don't restart your fire by human means. You restart your fire by surrender to the Spirit of God. There are so many people. They're doing all kinds of things to find something. There are people who are, today's language is wanting more. There are people who feel seasons have expired. There are people who are listening to me and you're saying, what do I do to get back? And some of us are left with human means to solve spiritual problems. There are so many people making moves, but they're missing God moments. The question I have for you is, are you willing to sacrifice what you know for what you do not know so God can get you to the place where you can say without a shadow of a doubt, I know my Redeemer lives. I want to share with you in this series, get ready. It's going to bless you. You're going to hear from a community of voices, but I promise you it'll be well worth it as we engage, as we get back to communication and as we dig deep into what God called us to be. God bless you. Let's get ready to hear the word of God. Good morning and God bless each of you. My name is Stephen A. Davis and I am a pastor here at Living the Word Church. We thank you for inviting us into your home or your car or wherever you may be, as we are still hashtag technically together. It is my distinct honor and privilege to break the bread of life with you today as we share God's written and his spoken word. But before we go any further, I just want to make sure that you hit that subscribe button and that you share this with your entire network. Why? Because we're on, we're on an amazing and bold journey. The first stop or series for those of you that are following along was dealing with the healing that we all need. And now we've come to the station that is designed to restart the fire within. So the title of today's message, we didn't start the fire, but we gonna keep it going. I need to say that again. We didn't start the fire, but we gonna keep it going. Pardon my Ebonics there. So my brothers and my sisters, it doesn't matter what your station in life is right now. I stopped by to tell you that God is eagerly awaiting your return to him, much like that of the prodigal son. It is imperative that we reconnect with God, who is the source of all things. Why? I'm so glad you asked. It's simple. The resource has a limited and finite capacity. So how long do you expect to last without being connected to the source? Listen, I can assure you, it won't be long. As Dr. Payne reminded us, we're all gifted and we should fulfill our calling. Now, let me talk a little bit about my 11-year-old daughter. She is amazingly gifted. She's incredibly intelligent and also creative. I can recall us having a conversation about starting her own YouTube channel. And when I recently brought it up, she just looked at me eyeball to eyeball and said, Dad, that's not my calling. Wait a minute. This girl is 11 years old. And she said, Dad, it's not my calling. We had just watched Dr. Payne tell us to use our gifts effectively and to not get distracted with things outside of our calling. 
So what is your calling? Let me tell you that each and every one of us has a calling that God has made us for. So what has God purposed the life that you now live? How can you reach your destiny? My brothers and my sisters, this current series tackles those questions and so much more. So in order to restart your fire, somebody say fire. In order to restart your fire, you must reconnect with the source of said fire. As Jeremiah said, it's like fire shut up in my bones that I had to come out. In other words, he could not keep silent, but had to speak what God gave him to speak. So it is with us. We cannot sit on the sidelines spectating, but rather we must be actively participating. Don't you know that the fire causes you to move? Don't you know that it consumes, it purifies, Holy Ghost fire fall on us. Just a quick commercial break before I get too far into this thing. So right now we're in our winter Bible study at Living the Word Church and we're in the book of Luke. And in our first session, we learned that God uses man in his redemptive plan of salvation. The question I have for each and every one of us today, or for you specifically, can God use you? Mm, ask yourself that question. We have a fantastic group of facilitators who are committed to your growth in God's word. So if you haven't registered already, I need you to register right now and actively take part in your learning and perhaps the learning of someone else. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. We haven't veered off track by any stretch. We're still dealing with restarting your fire. Your fire can be found in your passion. So what drives you? What are your dreams? What are your aspirations? I want you to tell yourself now. You might be uncomfortable, but if you're by yourself, it shouldn't be a problem. But I want you to tell yourself, repeat after me, say, I am uniquely and wonderfully made. No one can do like I can do. Therefore, the world needs me to fulfill God's intended purpose for my life. Can you imagine if Paul had told Jesus that he couldn't preach to the Gentiles? Imagine if Abram had refused to offer Isaac up as a sacrifice. I can only shudder to think where we would be if Jesus, because the cup was so hard to bear, decided to refuse crucifixion. He could have called down legions of angels. You see, God uses people throughout the ages to bring about change and usher in a healing born out of a repentant heart. So here we are in the month of February and everyone knows what this month represents. And we take the time to honor those individuals that toyed and worked hard and that sacrificed to get us to a place of social equality. But I'll tell you today that just like God used them, he wants to use you. You must be reconnected to God in order to bring your purpose to fruition. We reconnect to God, how? I'm glad you asked. It's through prayer. Think about it. Jesus constantly prayed. And if he's our example, what are we to do? We ought to what? Follow his lead. As a matter of fact, Jesus told us to always pray. Taking that a step further, the word referred to the word. You'll get that when you get home. Oh, by the, oh yeah, that's right. You're already at home. In Luke 18, verse number one, it says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So my brothers and my sisters, here is the revelation. You ready for it? Here is the revelation. Instead of fainting, instead of giving up, instead of throwing in the towel, instead of being weary to the point of exhaustion, what are you to do? 
You're to pray, my brothers and my sisters. So in contrast, we see when we are not connected to God through prayer that we succumb to our human propensity to sin. And when we sin, we are missing the mark, often at our own peril and the peril of others. Lord, have mercy. It's so easy for us sometimes to try to go through a season off of our own adrenaline and our own human effort. However, we often find that something is missing in life and we inevitably get, will, ev will always get the best of you. So life will always get the best of you if you try to do it in your own strength. Don't believe me? Let's turn to the scripture. That same Abraham who was the father of faith demonstrated a moment of doubt when instead of waiting for the promised child with his wife, he fathered a counterfeit in his flesh. Listen, I don't have the time to go through it, but I encourage you to go to the 16th chapter of Genesis and read the story for yourself. You need another example? That's fine. Let's go to it. King Saul. He had every physical gift you would want in a king. He was tall. He was strong. He was handsome. He looked apart on the outside. But what we found was that he wasn't connected to God on the inside. Consequently, he was rejected by God. Don't let that be your story. So my brothers and sisters, here we are. We are at a crossroads in our journey, both individually and collectively. And so I ask you, which way are you going to go? Are you going to try and go in your own strength in the flesh like Abraham and King Saul? Or are you going to take the spiritual route, which is found in praying to God and to restart your fire? Somebody say fire. We need the fire to fall. We talk a lot about prayer, and so many of us find it difficult to do for various reasons. Some say they don't know how or they don't have the words. Well, thanks to our pastor here at Living the Word Church, prayer is a priority. We do it often. As a matter of fact, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central and every Sunday morning at 8.45 before service. If you really struggle with prayer, one of the best things you can do is listen to others. Our intercessors know how to reach heaven and get a prayer through. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm going to give you a tool to use, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Let me address some key questions as it relates to prayer. Starting off, what is it? Next, why is it important? And then finally, how do we do it? Now, I'm not going to go into very much detail, but suffice to say, our in-house prayer team, they taught a prayer clinic, and I strongly encourage you to find that either on our website or our Facebook or YouTube pages. You can listen to it over and over again. As the saying goes, practice makes perfect. The more time you spend with God, the stronger your relationship will be with God. Bottom line, make a commitment to prayer and God will avail himself to you. So what is prayer? Simply put, it is communing or communicating with God. What's comforting to know is that God knows all. So in other words, every thought that you have, everything within of you, God already knows. So you don't have to put up a facade. You can be brutally honest. You can be transparent, even vulnerable when you're in communication with God. As a matter of fact, he wants you to. But given everything going on in our society today, it's abundantly clear that prayer is critical to survival. I'm going to date myself a bit here, so just bear with me. But some of you may recall a secular artist by the name of M.C. Hammer. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see the, your, your thoughts now. I can see you reminiscing now. So, yeah, this, this guy called MC Hammer, he was known for his fast-paced songs. He was known for his flashy style and probably most notably for his creative dance moves. At one point in his career, he did some inspirational or some might consider Christian music. He redid the song Do Not Pass Me By, for example. But yet one of his original songs was about prayer. What he said in the chorus of that song still rings true today. He said, we need to pray just to make it today. That's why we pray. In other words, it's impossible, and I emphasize impossible, to restart the fire without prayer. So make it a priority. Do it. Not kidding. Do it. Even if you no kidding have to put it on your calendar as a reminder, you need to pray. Yeah, I said it, pray. At this point, we sort of have a keen idea of what prayer is, why it's important. But to emphasize the point, let's go to the scriptures. Very familiar passage of scripture found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, starting at verse number 12. And the word of God reads, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now my eyes shall be open and mine ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. Come on and walk with me now. So we usually focus all of our attention on verse number 14. We like to quote that a lot, but let me paint a picture first. Solomon is in the process of finishing God's house and that of the king. There was an enormous feast that lasted for days and also an enormous sacrifice. We see here in this chapter of 2 Chronicles that the prophecy is being fulfilled in real time. And Solomon prayed to God and God responded. Let me say that again. Solomon prayed to God and God responded. So then this brings us to verse 14. So God presented this if-then statement which centers on prayer. Let's dive into this just a little bit. God says there is a posture you must be in to pray. That posture is humility because you have to realize that God is God alone. And there is nothing about you that says that you can box with God. Prayer is for his people. Those that in this context were chosen by God. We know now that because of Jesus, we have been adopted. And so all of us have the opportunity to call on him. But again, we must humble ourselves first. We then must turn and we must repent. My prayer for this nation, my prayer for this nation is that we collectively take full advantage of the opportunity God is presenting right now. And that's for us as a nation to repent. We definitely need healing and reconciliation. And God has given believers like you and I the ministry of reconciliation to bring folks together. Again, we need to turn from our fleshly ways and seek God earnestly with all of our heart. But in order for us to be effective, we must pray the word. If the foundation of your prayer is faith and trust in God, then whatever situation you're facing, God has an answer. Remember, Solomon prayed to God and God responded. 
So as I mentioned, this tool that I was going to share with you to perhaps help guide you when you're praying, if you're having issues with it, feel free to use or lose, but here it is. In the military, we love to acronize everything. So everything has an acronym. So I made an acronym to help folks remember sort of a model prayer. We'll start with P, praise. That's pretty straightforward. It's self-explanatory. God deserves your praise. He deserves all the praise. You can't even come into his presence without acknowledging that he's God. So praise God. R, request. Of course, we need to make our request and our supplication known to God. And just like God responded to Solomon, God will respond to you. So A, answer. God will answer your prayer. Now here's the sticking point for most of us, right? Because our flesh has a tendency to rise when God gives us an answer that we do not like. So why? Yield. So praise, request, get the answer, and yield. And what is significant about yielding, I recall when I was in college, I'm pretty sure some of you have been to college and you probably had this same job. I was a pizza delivery boy, if you will, a pizza delivery man. And I remember that I would be delivering those pizzas and there are times where I would come to this yield sign. And for whatever reason, I had a, a real problem, an issue with the yield sign. I did not want to yield. Why? Because I knew where I was going and I wanted to get there in the shortest amount of time. So it is with us when we pray to God, when God gives us that answer, when God responds to us when we pray, we must yield to the answer. We must yield to his directives, to his guidance, to his principles and precepts. And when we pray in this manner, there is no limit I say again, there is no limit to what God will do. We recall the story of Paul and Silas in prison in the 16th chapter of Acts. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. I feel like preaching today. I feel like preaching. So you need to tell yourself it's time to change. It's time to restart your fire. It's time to reconnect with God. You may be in a type of prison, but it's midnight. So now it's time to pray and praise. The apostle Paul told the church to pray without ceasing. I leave you with the series text uh, for this wonderful series found in Leviticus, the sixth chapter. I'm just going to read verse 13 into your hearing. And the fire ever shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. I need to say that again. And your fire shall ever be burning upon the altar and shall never go out. Listen, my brothers and my sisters, the real challenge for us today is not just to restart our fire, but to maintain your fire and to be a spark for someone else to do the same. We see that when the earthquake came, not only was Paul and Silas freed, everyone's bands were loose. That's enough to shout glory right there. Not only was Paul and Silas freed, but everyone's bands were loosed. How many people are within your orbit or within your network that need to be set free? When you pray, when you praise, when you seek God earnestly, not just you will be free, but those uh, that are around you. As the Bible says, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. So in other words, you can expect miracles because of the power of prayer. The old folks used to have a saying, and it goes like this, much prayer, much power. 
little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. Which one are you? My prayer is that you will always and forever be the former. So let's pray. Let's pray until God sets this place on fire. Whether you're at home or whether in your car, let's pray that God sets you on fire. Let's pray that God sends a revival in Jesus' name. So thank you. So many of you are wondering if God will even hear you when you pray. The enemy has caused you to think or believe that you've gone too far and you can't come back. Well, I remind you that many of us are all too familiar with the story of the prodigal son. Well, what about King David? He stole another man's wife. What about Peter who denied Christ? If God is anything, he is loving and he is forgiving. All you have to do is ask, that's praying. He is also faithful and just. So when you come in the name of Jesus, he sees the blood. He sees the blood. So what does that mean? That means you're covered. I'm gonna pray a prayer of faith for you and for God to start your fire. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly God, we thank you for this opportunity to share with your people. Father, we pray for each and every one that is under the sound of my voice, that your anointing, your Holy Spirit fire would fall, would God rest on them, God change their hearts and minds, allow that fire to be rekindled and to burn brighter than ever, forever. God, we give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name, amen. Now there are those of you who don't know Jesus and the pardoning of your sins. He's here, he's there where you are right now. He's knocking at the door of your heart. Won't you let him in? He's always there. It's not his desire that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. So if you're ready, repeat after me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner in need of your grace. Please forgive me. I believe that you sent your only son to die on the cross for my sins and he rose the third day. I invite you into my heart. Take control of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we certainly give God praise and thanks for you. So now we need you to connect with someone. Look in the chat box. We have folks that are there that can help guide you into this new life, this new journey that you just embarked on as God starts your fire and restarts fire of others. So we do thank you for tuning in. This has been my pleasure. And this is Pastor Stephen A. reminding you that we want you to be set on fire. And we hope that your fire never burns out. So I'm reminding you to be a blessed blessing. God bless you. Your generosity makes it possible for us to continue to lead people all over the world to become fully devoted followers of Christ. You can be confident that each gift that you give here at Living the Word Church goes directly toward our purpose of building victorious disciples of Jesus Christ. We've developed a convenient method of giving right on our website. You can even set up recurring giving and trust that your gifts will be counted and not forgotten. We hope you've enjoyed yourself. Bring a friend and meet us next week. Great week.